Clarita here, and I've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. If you want to release your music into the world, DistroKid's the easiest way to get your music into all the major streaming platforms, unlimited uploads, and keep 100% of your royalties. And because you're a Design Freaks listener, you get 30% off. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Design Freaks. DistroKid. Welcome to another episode of Design Freaks. My name's Clarita, and this is the show where I talk about music, art, and design, the album covers we all know and love, and then also I like to talk to currently working designers, art directors, etc. This is actually a reissue of episode 16, and this was originally recorded May of 2020. The reason I wanted to reissue this episode is because... I wanted to celebrate this designer's recent Grammy nomination for Best Packaging and to acknowledge all their hard work over the years. So yeah, he's an artist, album designer, art director for Easy Eye Sound, musician, drawer, collector of records and t-shirts. It's Mr. Perry Shell. Um... So yeah, this episode was originally released uh, May 21st of 2020. Uh, We're talking deep, pre-vaccine pandemic. My notes from 2020, it's so funny looking back on all this. It says, Perry calls me from jail. (laughs) Yeah, Perry was recently, along with um, artist L. Ohms, Omar Juarez, um, they put all this packaging together for the ARCs. Uh, That's Dan Auerbach's project. And it was quite an undertaking. For those of you watching the YouTube, you will see I'll put some imagery up. Oh, my God. What is my hair doing? Um, Next to me, um, those of you listening, there will be links in the show notes that you can check out. You should look this up. There's a lot going on with this design, and there's a lot of extras. I'm not sure if any are available to order, um, but keep your eyes out. Maybe there will be. The name of the album is Electrophonic Chronic. To describe the style, it's very playful. Um, the colors are like blacklight poster colors. And I think some of this is blacklight sensitive. It seems to be that the premise of the design is based on a skeleton or a grim reaper um, smoking weed out of, out of an apple on a oozy desert cosmic abstract plane. As you do in blacklight colors. Also, if you want to learn more about the origin and the history of blacklight poster design, check out Design Freaks, episode number 37, called Blacklight Poster Power. It's fascinating. I learned a lot researching that, and you might enjoy it after you listen to this one. It's a feast for the eyeballs. And uh, not only are there some great options for splatter vinyl, but there's also, uh, I'm sure, a very limited uh, amount of these picture discs made, which have some imagery from the artwork that animate when you spin them on the turntable. There is a word for that. It's a very annoying word, and it is pronounced... Phenokistoscope. 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 Yeah, print packaging, the videos that go with this are animated, sort of have that Sesame Street pinball vibe, if you remember that. If you were alive or have looked this up, the cartoon where you're looking from the point of view of the pinball in the pinball machine, it's like, one, two, three, four, five, but it's actually blacklight colors. Um, The whole thing looks like a blacklight poster. It's kind of got this offset printed inky sort of texture it's very very cool um obviously i don't know who did the animation but i know that perry and uh Ohms designed the packaging and so congratulations to them there will be links in the show notes for you all to follow them and then to celebrate this momentous occasion i decided to re-release the episode 
um, where I talk to Perry, not only about design, but you get to know him as a person. Anyway, it's a great excuse to revisit this awesome conversation I got to have with Perry from Easy Eye Sound. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you enjoy the show, please share with other vinyl and design freaks. Rate, review, subscribe. Leave a five-star iTunes review, designfreakspodcast.com. I'm at underscore designfreakspodcast on Instagram. For other music-related podcasts, go to ruinousmedia.com and enjoy this episode. Here he is, the one and only Perry Chow, like the word. Yes. I, it, it's funny. I wish everybody pronounced it like that with the echo every time they said my name. Every time. I'm going to get a um, surgically implanted echo device. Too. <laughs> I'm sure they could do that. They could yeah. do that now. I'm, it's gotta, that's got to be an easy one, actually. Well, hello. Welcome to the show, Perry. Hi. Thanks for having me. Do people tend to, because you have such a short kind of a perfect name where the first name and last name goes together. Do people often call you Perry Shell? Uh, it, it does. It does happen um, pretty often. The other thing is like people are almost so um, confused by it being so simple that they're like, well, what's Perry short for? <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's it. That's just the name. <laughs> or some for? people, oh, I've gotten periled or parents. Um <laughs> <laughs> Which are not names that anybody's ever heard before, but they've heard Perry. Why all of a sudden would there be some secret what, version? What of about it? like Perome? Like Jerry's short for Jerome. Perome. Perome. No, I haven't. I don't think I've heard Perome. <laughs> now let me ask you about this because I watched your very entertaining Instagram live T-shirt show called the uh, Tea Time Shirt Show, where you have people come on and they randomly kind of um, sign up to enter in and show you the t-shirts they've been collecting. Um, and it's really, really fun. But there's this ongoing joke about, can I call you Oeri? Oh, weird that you picked up on that. <laughs> um, one guy that, that um, I guess I'm, fr I mean, now I'm like, these were strangers a couple weeks ago. Now I feel like I'm, I'm friends with them all. But um, this one guy, um, he occasionally, and I guess it happens often, people will accidentally type O-E-R-E because the P and the O are, are, you know, they're right there. And you can easily slip up and press the O instead. And um, so now I'm just like, hey, sure, O-E-R-E, whatever. Maybe that's a new nickname. <laughs> Better than uh, Perold. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. I would agree with that. <laughs> I love your hometown pride. It's in all of your art. It's in, um, you know, your show and everything, um, your t-shirts. I just wanted to, um, ask why didn't anyone in that show? It's always sunny have accents. It's the best. accent. Uh, I have to tell you, I, I, I'm going to put myself on blast for this. <laughs> I, I'm not only not a fan, but that part of it, really drives me nuts because it's like the only thing we want people to take away from this is that Philly people are, are, are we allowed to curse on this show? I forget. Yeah, absolutely. Please. Yes. Um, <laughs> it, the only thing that you, you take away from it is that Philly people are ignorant assholes. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. yes, that's true. But if you, and not all of them, but it's a fine stereotype if we're going to have one. And if that's the case, at least make them sound like Philly assholes instead of regular <laughs> assholes who are just claiming the, the, the city. Instead of L.A. dudes. <laughs> and it's fun. It's so fun to do that accent. Like It is the best. Who doesn't love learning an accent from a different city? It's like a great challenge to yourself, especially, I imagine, as an actor. So it's like the least you could do is try to try to do that would, to me that would be like the first thing i would think of like okay this guy's auditioning for this show uh -huh. okay well first read these lines in a philly accent you know and and at least mac seems like the most likely like he could have had that i it, they all have beards right i can't remember which one that uh, is. mac he has a beard sometimes 
but okay. I, I yeah, I, there's gotta be someone who they could have forced it on. Like totally, totally. No, I know what you mean. And <laughs> like, look, Danny DeVito can do whatever he wants. I would never be upset that he doesn't have an accent. He yeah. is, he's perfect, but yeah, the Philly accent. I, and, and I'm, I'm sure we've spoke about it, but like I had one when I was a kid and I lost it mm-hmm. and I'm, saddened by it because now be- there's so many people who have moved to Philly that I feel like I need Aww. more of a way to prove to everybody that I'm actually from here instead of moving here from Jersey or wherever people move from. Yeah. Um, if I moved there, I would get the accent. <laughs> I would I would make it a point. It'd be like, <laughs> sign me up, put me in the part of the city where the most uh, Philly accents are, and I'll just absorb it. Absolutely. COVID, you got your yes. water, you got... See, you're good at it. You already would be better on that show than any of them. <laughs> yeah, D could have had it. What the hell? Yeah. Something else going yeah. on. <laughs> and she, I will say, like, I could see her, uh, you know, being, being an actual somebody from Philly, so yeah, it would have been nice. Would have oh, yeah? been nice. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I know. Like, could you imagine a show in Boston where they don't sound like Boston? It would, be, it would be. It would be kind of weird. <laughs> so you work for uh, a record label based in Nashville, Tennessee, um, Easy Eye Sound. Correct. That's they yeah. Are, that's correct. They are headquartered there. And how did you get hooked up with them so far away? Well, so um, the label's run by Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys and originally from Akron, Ohio. And he's been living in Nashville for like, I don't know if it's 10 years now or 12 years or something like that. And um, I used to tour with a band called Jeff the Brotherhood as like tour manager, merch guy. I was terrible at all of it, but I was on the road with them. (laughs) And Um, And I would do all their artwork at a certain point. I was doing their album art and whatnot. So they were recording a record with Dan um, at his, I believe at the time was, was his like new studio that he, he had just only recently had started building and stuff. So I was in Nashville. We were about to leave for a a Jeff, the brotherhood tour. Mm -hmm. And I was finishing up artwork at their, they also ran a record label called Infinity Cat Records, um, or still do. Um, I don't know what's happening with the quarantine, yeah. if anything is run anymore. But um, so I was staying at the Infinity Cat record label um, house, working on artwork for the new Jeff the Brotherhood record. We're about to leave for tour. The two members of the band say, we're going to listen to the final mixes of our album at Dan's studio. Uh, do you want to come with? You should come check it out. It's awesome. You can meet Dan, whatever. And in my head, I'm like, Dan Auerbach, okay, the guy from the Black Keys, okay, it's like a, like a garage rock band. Like in my head, mm-hmm. not thinking at all. Oh wait, this was like this band is huge. Uh huh. <laughs> I I just had them in my mind is like, oh yeah, they have a song on Eastbound and Down. Um, yeah. I like that one that one record. Like I really was clueless about it. So I was like. No, nah, I'm going to stay here and work on your artwork instead. <laughs> okay. And so they were like, okay, sure. So they went um, to the studio to listen. Also, I should have just gone to listen to their album because I was excited about it. But in my head, yeah. we, had a de- we had a deadline. And as you know, deadlines are the scariest thing in the world, except for it never really matters. <laughs> it's never that big of a deal. Yeah. But at, in the moment, I was like, no, you got to finish this artwork. So they come back and they're like, Hey, it was so cool. The album sounds so good. Blah blah blah. Um, also, Dan's going to email you. He has like some art thing he wants to see if you're up for doing. And I was like, Oh, sure, no problem. So he emails me. Hey, we're working on this logo for my studio. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And God, this has to be. <sighs> if I had to guess, like 2011. It might even been earlier. I I, I don't know what time is anymore. Um, and so. I emailed with him a little bit. I, we we decided what we wanted. Hey, here's how much it costs. Send me a PayPal. 
whatever. Sure, no problem. PayPal's me. I'm like, man, working with this guy is awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, not thinking much of it. And then he'd hit me up every once in a while. Can you do this little thing for me? This little thing? Sure, no problem. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So then, a, like, maybe a year or two went by. And then he hit me up out of nowhere and was like, hey, I just produced this record for this guy, um, Bombino. And it's called Nomad, and we need somebody to do the artwork. It's a really cool record, whatever. I was like, sure, let's do it. it None such was putting it out, and I was like, this is going to be the biggest thing I've ever done, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and so we did it. It was great. And, you know, I tell my relatives, like, like, oh, yeah, it was really cool, this guy Dan. He's in this band and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, oh, that's great. You're going to do like, I think, I bet you're going to do more stuff with him. It's going to be really big. And it's like, this guy's a big deal and all this stuff. And I'm like, ah, he's just some guy in some garage band. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, this is a long story, but it's ridiculous. And so I was in like a CVS or or I can't remember. It was maybe as a thrift store even or something. And I hear this music playing over the speakers and I'm like, this is the Black Keys. And I was like, <laughs> no shit, this band's huge. Like, uh-huh. it just clicked, you know? It just clicked. Oh, wait, they're a band that's played inside stores. They're a band that's played. And then, of course, I, I start to realize, like, oh, my God, I am an idiot. Um, uh-huh. Not that it matters. I mean, I wouldn't have treated it differently. But, like, oh, yeah. yeah, this thing that I'm doing is actually, it actually is a big deal instead of me being, like, you know, not that phased so to answer your question <laughs> after all of that a couple more a couple more years go by and then at the end of 20 i believe at the end of 2017 it was uh i got an email from his manager that was like hey um dan was wondering like what do you are you busy the next couple months like do you have time to do some some album art or, or you know stuff like that? <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh, well, what is this about? And he's like, oh, well, Dan's starting a record label, and um, and he need he wants you to do all the artwork. Wait a for- minute. So here's this is what I was gonna get at is the entire Easy Eye Sound brand is so Perry. Well, it is. I'm the only one who's doing the you art. You are establishing the entire look and feel of that of that label. It's amazing. You're like the how Barney Bubbles was to Stiff well, Records. You're, I God, mean, if that's not the goal, right? I mean, that is literally my my example of what I want to be and who totally. I want to be. Exactly. And I mean, to a T, that's my guy. That's wow. That's the guy who I want. Well, you're definitely on your way. I mean, you established the logo and it goes so well with all of your art and, and uh, it's great. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so that's kind of what ends up happening is he says, Dan's doing this thing. Do you, do you want to be the guy? And I was like, Oh, you caught me up. I worded it something like you caught me at the perfect time. I happened to be available right now. Of course I would have <laughs> dropped everything and, and there's no bad time for somebody to ask me to do that. The way I work with Dan, it's, it's surreal. Really? Yeah. We just like okay. all the same stuff. And, you know, we did this like AIGA Q and a kind of thing. Oh, wow. And, um, with Lawrence Azarad, who mm. is, incredible and um it didn't hit me till like the end of the entire interview but like dan and i are really into collecting stuff old stuff mm-hmm. 70s stuff earlier 80s whatever mm-hmm. and like everything we do is influenced by that you know yep. so it only makes sense that we both want everything that we make to feel like things that we would buy or things exactly. that we would listen to, or things that we would, you know, want to look at. And so it it really has just, it, yeah, it, it's special. It's like a really special thing that I, it's hard to get with, with a lot of people. 
we've always collected this mm-hmm. these kind of old things and always liked it and you know everything down as you know like the colors of things are very important and mm-hmm. it's weird how sometimes he'll text me something like hey what if you tried this and then i send him back like already i just tried it already without even you telling me like that happens wow. all the time it's so funny kismet so where yeah. do listeners find can we find that aiga interview somewhere i i don't think that it's i haven't looked in a while and unless okay. somebody uploaded it but it's funny because it was kind of at the beginning of the label so it was like oh. we only had a few things there was a lot of people there who were interested in specifically what we were talking about and it was great but mm-hmm. i always i keep thinking back like man i would have been so much better at that now <laughs> well, but that happens that's, yeah yeah but it it, <laughs> it was great but i don't think that it is anywhere unfortunately and for maybe maybe it's good maybe it's bad i don't know yeah. well you might not want to <laughs> yeah keep revisiting that kind of awkward beginning stages but if it is um then it'll be maybe in the AIGA archives. I'm a member, so maybe oh, you have cool. access to that. Well, let me know, <laughs> let me know if you find it. I'm not a I member. Will. I, I will. I'll let you know. I, I felt very honored that they wanted me to be part of it because, uh, I, you know, I had to sit in front of a group of potentially maybe a, mon- a bunch of amazing artists. I mean, I yeah. also mentioned, like, if you're trying to do this for a living, you might not be good at it either. Like, you know, mm-hmm. this is a weird world. But yeah. Um, and I had to tell them that I dropped out of college twice and I have no idea what I'm doing still. And I don't know how to use illustrator and I'm still figuring it out. And meanwhile, all these people are in this amazing organization that never say, look, let me give you some advice from someone who's been doing it. Not even like a quarter as long as you. Okay. (laughs) As a universal thing, don't, I would say there's so many different types of design and so many different types of designers that it's a good lesson for us all. We all have imposter syndrome and we all need to remember that it takes all different types of skills to weave together the giant tapestry of, <laughs> of existing design. Um, I don't know if that I makes agree. sense. No, no, I, I, I totally agree. It's we can't easy all for, have the same to... skills. That would be boring. Yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, I, I, I agree. No, I totally agree. So I wouldn't say that you don't know what you're doing. Plus, a lot of people are completely self-taught. They never even went to college for one day. Oh, well, Um, I mean, I went to college for some days, but (laughs) I might as well have been self-taught. Here's what I took away from it. I like figure drawing and learning how to draw properly. And and typography was kind of cool as a class, but mostly I'm going to tell you the truth i mostly just doodled in my in my books and i i I mean i just did not pay attention i could not do it well the doodling paid off i as someone who covered all their notebooks and doodles and i love going back and looking at all that stuff you basically and not that you're drawing covid drawings or doodles but you've been putting out these adorable drawings and they don't look like they take a whole lot of time it Good. looks like that's intentional. They, yes. Minimal-ish. more thought than they do time in a sense. You know what I mean? Exactly. The concepts are strong and they're so funny and so clever. Um, so is there any way, one day you had an Insta story of all of them in a row. Is there any way people can see, because now there's 66 of them or 65? Well, there's there's 65 days, but I, I tried to do on Monday through Friday. So, so weekends... Okay. I, but I was count, keep. I'm keeping count of what day of the quarantine the drawing is from. Not so much which number the drawing is. But that being said, there's probably almost yeah. fifty drawings at this point. And um, some of them are, are two panels. So, is yeah. there, are you planning on doing anything with that? All the series. I mean, people keep asking me to to do a, a book when it's over. I don't know. <laughs> All I all I keep thinking is, oh, cool, a five hundred page book, but um, <laughs> is it going to end? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, that would be cool if somebody approaches me and says we can do this for you and you can get paid for it, and um, you know, I just want them to be put out there in the right way, and also, it, yeah, like I said, you know, money's money sucks, but if mm-hmm. somebody can do it and I can make some money because yeah. it takes a lot of time to to make these drawings um yeah. 
that would be cool. And if not, I'll just lose money on it and do it anyway because it well, sounds fun. <laughs> I know how to do book layout, so hit me up if you need it. Okay. Um, anyway, so those are really great. And it's also, it might be therapeutic for you to create, but it's also just to let you know, it's really comforting and therapeutic to know that I'm not the only one feeling uh, a certain way that day. It's really cool. I really I, appreciate it. I really appreciate that because people keep saying that kind of thing to me. And all I could think of is that like, I'm doing this for my own sanity. Yeah. I hope it helps <laughs> other people, but also, like, if I finish a drawing or come up with one and write it down and laugh about it and then text it to, like, two of my friends who are basically my, like, proofreaders for comedy, mm-hmm. um, then I feel like I'm I'm doing something right. And if one person can take something away from one drawing I did that day and get a good laugh or, like, feel comforted by it, I am so, so, so happy by that. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, good comedy is honest and it is comforting. So thank you for your service. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying. Um, So getting back to the, uh, the album design, um, listeners, I just wanted to let the listeners know that you're at perryshall.com and they can peruse all of your album covers there for easy. I sound and see how cohesive and awesome it all is together as a group. Um, also you have your t-shirts up and I would like to, if, if you click on store, I just want to give a warning that you're going to want to buy everything. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, yeah, there's some really choice shirts there. Like, oh man, that, what is the one about the heat? If you like the heat so much, why don't you go to hell? <laughs> yeah. I hate the summer. I, I am like, I am like a spokesperson for anti-summer. I hate it so much. I hate the heat. So I I was like, I know that other people must hate this as much as I do. And um, of course, I pick the one thing to hate that everybody looks forward to, but I, I just don't <laughs> like it. I don't like, I don't know. So yeah, it says... Um, if, if you like the heat so much, why don't you go to hell? Well, I want one of those because uh, in Seattle, we get like two months and everyone just freaks out and scrambles and everything happens in that time. And <laughs> of course, t- this year is going to be weird. Everything's canceled. I mean, hopefully there's not going to be another situation <laughs> where summer, I mean, and, and this is me saying this for non-selfish purposes, obviously, but like, hopefully there's never a situation where people can't enjoy their summer because I know how much it means to so many people. Yeah. Um, but I'm very curious to see what happens, you know, what, what is it going to be like? I don't, I don't know. It's interesting to me. Definitely. And it is the only time of year that Seattle's nice. Like we kind of suffer <laughs> through all the, the grayness for this one time. You get a lot of rain out there, huh? We get a lot. Yep. You know, coffee and rain. That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> Sound garden and such. <laughs> So, yeah. So speaking of your t-shirts though, something really cool happened yesterday and I was kind of laughing that it was your, the anniversary present to you from the quarantine, your t-shirt appeared on an Instagram live. Would you like to tell? Oh my God. I was, yeah, I was, uh, it took me a second because I was like, (laughs) Oh, I want to know what happened. It happened to me. That's it. Um, I got to just, so uh, I'm from Philly. I don't know if I mentioned that yet, but I'm from Philadelphia. And um, there is this guy who is from Philadelphia called Questlove. And he is from a band called The Roots. And I grew up obsessing over them. I used to see them when I was a kid. I love them so much that they're such an important part of my life and my growth as a person and just everything. And so I, this guy follows me named Eric and I had no idea who he was. I didn't know he's following me or anything. I posted a a picture of an old shirt that I had. It was uh, from the roots album, uh, Illadelph half-life. And so I posted a picture of it one day in my Instagram stories because I just like to show off all the crazy shirts I have. And he, he messaged me and was like, hey, do you know who the artist is on this shirt or something like that? And I'm like, no, sorry, it's a great shirt, though, whatever. And he's like, yeah, I work for OKPlayer.com, which is this, uh-huh. the website 
that the roots started, um, you know, probably back in the nineties, I guess. And I've been, you know, going to that website, especially in high school and stuff. It was like where I would get my hip hop rap news. And, um, and so, and other things too, they talked about, but so he's like, Oh, I work for them. And I immediately just said, Oh my God. Uh, can I, can I make a t-shirt for the roots? <laughs> and so what uh, kind of ended up happening is that I got to make a quest love shirt and I, I wanted to make a shirt that looked like a bootleg rock concert parking lot tee that Absolutely. you would get, you know, yeah. um, illegally outside of a concert, <laughs> <laughs> uh, specifically in like the seventies and eighties. So I wanted to make one for Questlove because that just, he's to me, he is like not, not to use the term literally like a rock star, but he's a rock star, you he know, is. he's, Absolutely. he, he's just everything that you would want a cool musician who is famous to be. He's just, lives it he's the real deal mm-hmm. and he's amazing so the fact that i got to do that was it was just like the highlight of my life probably the coolest t-shirt i've ever been able to design and i was so happy with how it came out and i thought that was kind of the end of it and then eric who got me the gig to do the t-shirt sends me a message yesterday uh-huh. when i was getting ready to leave my studio and it was a link and Questlove DJs live every night during the quarantine, uh-huh. um, which which has been incredible. Nice. And, and he's wearing the T-shirt that I designed uh, for him. And see how great he is. He's representing a Philly artist too. I don't know if he knows anything. Does about he know? Anything. Does he know about you? I don't think that he. Here's the thing, because it's for the website. I don't. I don't oh. think he sits there. Well, that's and so it's weird because everybody's like. Wow, that's amazing! You got to do that. I'm like, well, it is. I don't know that he knows about me. I feel like I am going to figure out a way to make this connection, and I want to. I want to interview him about yeah his t-shirt collection and all this stuff. Oh, I bet he has and all that stuff. Oh, that would be a great episode. That was really exciting yesterday, and I'll I'll post the photo of of Questlove up so people can see what that looks like. Um, Sweet. Maybe he'll wear it again. He's DJing yeah, every maybe. single night. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask, we're a- I'm asking everybody these same questions, and it's kind of interesting the different answers I'm getting. So the first question is, uh, what was the very first album cover that you remember? Um, the fir- first oh, one that really caught your attention. <laughs> so it's hard for me to remember exactly. The one, whenever I get asked a similar question, at least, I don't know why. Um, maybe because it reoccurred so many times in my life, but I guess it would probably be either Abbey Road mm-hmm. or or um, Son of Schmielsen by okay. Harry Nielsen. Um, nice. Is it, it, I I believe it's Son of Schmielsen. I always get them mixed up because he, his his album titles are so silly and yeah. always a play off of his or not always, but yeah, Son of Schmielsen where he's looks like a vampire. And, um, when I was a kid, my dad had a bunch of his records and I remember I would, okay, like it's time. I want to start getting into music. Okay. So we have records or this like mess of pile of cassette tapes in the car. So, (laughs) um, so I would go through my dad's records and Abbey road, you know, it's like, okay, the Beatles are the band that you're supposed to listen to. This is supposed to be like the best band ever. And you pull it out and you're like, it's so pleasing to look at the layout Mm. of that cover. If you look at it as like shapes, almost like the, in front, you have the four people walking across the street. Then you have the lines in the street at a different angle and perspective. And then the the whole street as a whole. Yeah. I mean, there's just, so many little things about it that was like, hold on, I got to stare at this and look, oh, there's a Volkswagen in the background or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And um, that also, always stuck with me. Paul's barefoot, which made people think he was dead for some reason. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great, that, <laughs> me and, I don't me think and... <laughs> I realized at the time even, I probably didn't even think about it, honestly. It's funny, this came up in my conversation with Erish too, and we we came to the conclusion, we made up a joke, uh, why did the Beatles cross the road? Because Paul McCartney was dead. 
<laughs> so I'm going to do a drawing. No, his shoes, his shoes were on the other side. He was going his to get shoes his shoes were on the other side. <laughs> he was going to get his shoes. I'm just going to show like a skeleton with a barefoot skeleton with the rest of his clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, funny thing about that cover. And this is probably partially why I always think of this is that mm -hmm. um, many years later, I had my bar mitzvah. And the mm -hmm. theme for my bar mitzvah was the Beatles. <laughs> and so our the t-shirts were was a picture. It was Abbey Road. And in the middle, I was walking across the street with them. <laughs> Little 13-year-old 13-year-old Perry. Yeah, they they got this guy to, to like at the time, very early, very early Photoshop. I didn't even know what it was. But yeah. they like photoshopped and and airbrushed. Uh, like a Perry in the middle of the Beatles <laughs> walking across the street. I'll have to send you a picture. So oh, there's t-shirts and I have the sign in board, which is a giant version of it. Send me um, that. Cause I also yeah, want to post the video of your bar mitzvah from here. Oh yeah. 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 Song. <laughs> God. Uh, it's like that a, bar mitzvah looks like the most fun thing that ever happened in the early nineties period. Like it, it was, it was pretty nuts. Like it if was, there was uh, a holodeck, I want to go there. <laughs> there were dancers that came with the DJ and I walked out to I'm too sexy for my shirt or whatever that song is called. <laughs> right. Fred, right. Yeah. I yes. walked, And this is my parents idea. Cause you have to have a, an entrance song. And my parents uh -huh. said, Oh, what if you did? I'm too sexy. So we walked out. Uh, <laughs> With two dancers to I'm Too Sexy. And it, at the time, it was funny and then it was embarrassing. And now I'm like, that's the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. And oh my I will never top that. <laughs> never. Quest love doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, Gilbert Godfrey. said that, but <laughs> Gilbert, yeah. Don't tell Gilbert Godfrey. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of Harry Nelson being a uh, vampire. Uh, yes. What about Gilbert Gottfried also being a vampire? Is this a theme in your life? Uh, sure. I think so. <laughs> I guess by accident. Um, well, so the other album cover was Son of Schmielsen because it was another album my dad sat me down with and said, listen to this. Of course, he, he wanted me to hear You're Breaking My Heart. And the yeah. lyrics are, uh, and you're tearing it apart, so fuck you. And I was too young for a dad to be like, this song is funny. You got to hear it. And I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be listening to this. Wait, you're the person who's who would be yelling at me. I guess it's fine. <laughs> so That was always uh, so fun when grownups let you like... <laughs> Yeah, when grown-ups would let you hear cuss words. That was fun. Yeah, it was definitely a moment where he thought, um, for selfish purposes only, if not anything else, I need to play this for a kid. So, <laughs> so, but that was an album that I was like, whoa, this guy is cool. Of course, the music doesn't really match the look of the album, but I loved mm -hmm. horror movies and stuff like that as a kid, and I hung the poster up from that album in my room. And, I mean... If you saw that in a record store and didn't know what it was, it's only black and white too. Like it's just in in a time period where like album covers were could be anything. Yeah, I don't know. He he's the coolest, and I that love album it. was cool. But I love that it doesn't match the music, and I think that was intentional and pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you that... could say the same thing about Kiss too. You know? <laughs> yeah, but but with Harry Nilsson, like that was his eighth album. From 1972, and he had put, already put out eight records. So one of them I have. Uh, so a couple years after that, he does a horrible musical with Ringo Starr called Son of Dracula. So I guess yes. everyone loved Son of Schmelson, and they're like, you got to do this movie. And the al it's a pity because the album is so, it's the uh, Batwing Gatefold. And it comes with an iron-on, a t-shirt. Wait, iron mine doesn't have it. I uh, know because most people Damn probably it. put it on their shirts, but I think it <laughs> says bite me. Um, oh, but him and Ringo were like best buds. So it's like, dude, if, if your best friend who was also like one of the coolest, I mean, am I okay? Ringo's my favorite Beatle. 
We'll yeah. get that out of the way. First concert ever saw was Ringo Starr. Um, so I love him forever. So if your best friend was Ringo Starr and Ringo and you were asked to be in a <laughs> vampire movie, I mean, that sounds like the best opportunity ever. And there were other cool people in it, too. I just heard it was really bad. I should, I yeah. should be quiet. <laughs> Leon well, no, Russell no, was I in mean, it. it uh, <laughs> nobody said it had to be good. There's plenty yeah. of great movies or bad movies have great people. And vice but I versa, like but... all the people. I just... You know what I mean? Like sometimes it doesn't matter if all the people are great. It's if you were like, here's musical. a bunch of money. If somebody said, here's a bunch of money for you to be in a movie with Ringo and Harry Nielsen. I mean, what what could go wrong? What could go wrong? And also you're going to be on this record, which is the coolest yes. thing ever. Yes. Because when you unfold the bat wings and you look inside, it's the coolest collage of monsters, black and white cut up photos just collage Wolfman, you got Mummy, Frankenstein, all kinds of creepy scientists and stuff going on. Hands coming out, Nosferatu. It's great. But Gilbert is what we were actually. Oh, wanting. another? Yes. Yeah. So, okay, Gilbert. Now, what the hell? What the hell? So, so uh, the shortest version is yeah. a friend introduced me to Gilbert and Gilbert's wife, Dara, because he was like, hey, Gilbert is a collector. He does, or he's a hoarder really, but his wife puts everything neatly away. Uh, there's a documentary called Gilbert mm-hmm. by, uh, Neil Berkeley. And, um, you can see Gilbert. He'll take home every soap from and shampoo from the hotel. Yep. He's, he's a super collector. So my friend called me and said, look, you know, Gilbert collects everything. I bet he collects t-shirts. I'm friends with his wife and, and I'm friends and friendly with Gilbert. Um, let me talk to them and see if we, if I can go check out his t-shirt collection and I'll FaceTime you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, before this happened, I had done a painting of Gilbert as Dracula because he used to do this character on Howard Stern a lot when he was a guest called, Mm -hmm. uh, Dracula Gottfried. And (laughs) so Gilbert's obsessed with old horror movies. So he loves doing impressions of all the old actors. So... I got asked to be in this art show in California and it was called icons. So everybody's doing all these people that are known icons, you know, probably mostly musicians. And I mean, really obvious ones, but, but done, you know, a lot of the art was great. But Mm -hmm. for me, I was like, well, I got to do Gilbert. I didn't think twice about it. I just thought Gilbert is my favorite comedian. He always has been. I'm going to do Gilbert. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, my friend, Scott, Tells me he's friends with them. He's going to look at the t-shirts, blah, blah. So I get a FaceTime one day from Scott and it's Gilbert. Well, it's it's Dara first. Mm -hmm. And we start talking and I say, hey, and I eventually, I forgot to mention, I mailed them the painting that I did because of course it it didn't sell. And so (laughs) (laughs) apparently it was hanging in their kid's bedroom. (gasps) And so I, I mailed it to them and I tell Dara on this FaceTime, I say, hey, you know, I made that painting, whatever, I'm friends with Scott here, and basically saying, hey, I'm not some random person, Uh, I'm a big fan, but also, like, friends with your friends, and we're all friends, and it's fine. So then I said, look, has Gilbert ever had a t-shirt design in his entire career? I've never found a t-shirt that Gilbert made for merchandise or anything, and she's like, no, nothing. I'm like, that's not, there's no way that's possible. How's he never had a shirt? He's I can't been doing believe stand-up. That. Yeah. I know. And he's been doing stand-up since he was 15 years old. Whoa. 15. Was there stand-up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't know better. He thought, I want to be a comedian. I'm going to go on stage mm-hmm. and do some impressions. And he hasn't stopped. Um, so I, I basically told her, look, I won't charge you. Take the, I, I will rework this image. We'll figure out a good way to make it into a t-shirt. I'll get you a printer who will do it for a fair price. Let's just try it out. I just, Gilbert needs to have a t-shirt. Like this yeah. is crazy to me. And he'll make some more money at the merch table if he has another merch item. Cause he was hauling, I believe books and DVDs, DVDs. for like, for yeah. like the past 15 years or something. <laughs> Yeah. So we did it and then we, we hit it off and we started making some other things and I kind of, I just became friends with them. And like I said, I get, I get random phone calls from Gilbert just to like, 
What? I, it's well, like Dara will call me and say, "Hey, I don't know why he he told me he wanted to call you," and and he's just yelling at me about how much my art is shit and all this. Like, oh my the, god, the best. I, I get roasted like weekly by my favorite comedian of all time because he's, he's probably bored. <laughs> Lord, can you imagine he can't travel? He's so yeah. good at roasting. Didn't he tell you your art is the only thing worse than COVID? <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed to be on the record because he's gotten himself in a lot of trouble. But I, no, no, I think it's fine. Um, I mean, he, he, it's Gilbert. No, it's Gilbert. But um, yeah, he, it was basically like doctors have said the, the only thing worse than COVID-19 is your shitty artwork or something like that. It, uh, I got to tell you, whatever people think my drawings are doing for them during this time, getting a phone call from Gilbert is like enough to last like an entire year or something. It is the Whoa. greatest. I mean, not really, because you know, but it, it's nice. At the, it's it lasts a good while. What an honor <laughs> to be insulted by Gilbert Gottfried. It's like, yeah. he's such an icon. I, I remember growing up with USA up all night and he was, yes. the, he was like randomly in movies and stuff. I don't know. He's just like always been there. It's he has and he's still is. And he, mm-hmm. it's so funny because there's all these comics who tour who, you know, they were like, something big in the 80s or 90s or even more recently and gilbert has not stopped acting doing voiceover Mm -hmm. work commercials Mm -hmm. um he has a podcast that's been going for about five years i believe now that's really successful Mm -hmm. he's and he tours and he's still the funny to me the funniest guy on the planet i mean it's hilarious I wanted to say uh, thank you for for coming on the show um, and sharing, you know, those stories with us. Um, I don't want to keep you too long, but um, I just want to encourage, again, listeners to check out your album covers. There's a lot of designers who listen, and um, I just love, no matter what you think about um, what albums should look like or whatever, just the fact that um, your your work is so cohesive and it crosses so many different uh, platforms, you know, print, textile shirts, digital, obviously, um, really impressive. Thank you so much. Yeah. And the other thing I will say lastly, I guess yeah. the, um, all the easy eye stuff that I do is, is very similar to each other. Cause we want it to all look like it belongs together, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, a lot of the other album covers and album art that I do is some of it is totally different from that too. So, um, if true. people are going to go yeah. check that stuff out, definitely keep scrolling. I don't know how the website is laid out. Keep scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> clicking, clicking. <laughs> clicking, scrolling. Swiping. Just keep looking. There's so much stuff buried in that website. And you're, so. oh, we didn't even get into your collage work. Fabulous. Yeah. Thank. Oh, thank really, you so really much. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I love doing that too. I'll do yeah. it all. Whatever somebody wants. I've done music videos, animated stuff. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll make it happen. <laughs> you can always figure <laughs> stuff out. That's what's good about designers, right? We always, we're resourceful. Yeah, totally. You have to be. Um, anyway, thank you so much for talking to me. Is there anything else you want to tell people about? or? Um, uh, give me your old t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, where do they uh, I've been. I'll, I'll just say I've been collecting t-shirts for over 20 years since I was a kid. I love them so much. If you have shirts that are 20 years old or older, maybe even 25 years old at this point or older, I would love to add them to my what I call my archive. I have over probably 2,000 shirts at this point, and I will put them in a good home for the rest of their T-shirt lives. (laughs) So just find me and send me a message, and I would love to have your old shirts. Well, Nothing about it. art, just, yeah. just old t-shirts. <laughs> Sorry. Well, no, I love the t-shirts. Um, and also watch his uh, Instagram live show Monday through Friday. It's so fun. And it will um, be a real show eventually too. We oh, have, yeah. I have to mention that. Uh, yes. We're working on it. I am working on a show. It is called, the actual show is called Tea Time. Uh, a total shirt show is is the <laughs> whatever thing under it. <laughs> Subtitle, I don't know. And yeah. um. And I've been interviewing people, uh, 
Gilbert, uh, I'll I'll just say Gilbert Gottfried is interviewed. Uh, you know, he sh- I looked through about a hundred of his old T-shirts, including up all night shirts and all these other things he was part of. And um, yeah, uh, if oh, you have night a T-shirt court. collection, I, yeah, Night Court. If you have a, a T-shirt collection, um, I want to talk to you. So get in touch and tune in for now during the mm-hmm. quarantine mm-hmm. to uh, T underscore Time underscore shirt show on Instagram. Fabulous. And I didn't even know you could talk about the TV show yet, but yeah, stay tuned for that. Who knows? I don't know what's (laughs) going to happen. I don't know what it's going to be. So in times of quarantine, we're just going to throw it all out there and see what happens. These uncertain times. Yes, exactly.